Welcome to Startup to Last, a podcast about building profitable software businesses that are meant to last. Later in this episode, we're going to talk about the pros and cons of remote work, uh, such as when does it make sense for a company to have their employees all together in an office versus fully remote or something in between. I'm Tyler. I run a bootstrapped SaaS company called Less Annoying CRM. And I'm Rick. I'm the founder of Leg Up Ventures, which owns and operates software companies that empower underdogs. Cool. So what's up this week, Rick? Well, I keep getting asked, why did you choose Montreal for your bachelor party? And I have no answer, and it's making me uncomfortable. Who's asking you about my bachelor party? The people I tell about your bachelor <laughs> party. The The short story is I initially wanted okay, it to be in wait, Seoul. Wait, I got to tell you who. Okay. The most recent <laughs> who? Debbie Graybill. Debbie. Debbie. Old, old co-worker yes, from way back in the yes. day. Yes. <laughs> and uh, she, is, she says hello. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear you're still talking to her. Cool. Um, I wanted it to be in Seoul, South Korea, and no one would go because it's too far and would take too long. So I moved it to Montreal as a like kind of still somewhat uh, exotic destination for people in the US, but close and comfortable. <laughs> That's awesome. Is <laughs> yeah, it, there's not much reason beyond that. Is there? Is it a? I have no, I know nothing about it. Is there? Is it a good place to visit? I've I've never been, but uh, several of my friends have been recently and say it's really. It, I, I I get the impression it's kind of like a European seal uh, feel, but in the, in North America. So I hear it's pretty cool. I can't wait. Looking forward to yeah. it. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, I'm also heading to San Francisco tomorrow to wrap up my project on nonprofit consultants, and uh, I it's kind of bittersweet. I'm coming to the end and realizing, wow, I did a lot of work, and it's turning into a lot of value. Um, and this is, you may remember, this is the consulting project that I took on in the middle of June. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm excited about that. And, but also a little sad that it's coming to, to a close. Yeah. There's, this isn't going to be the type of thing where there's kind of add on projects and stuff like that. Like basically you finished your thing and it's over. Yep. Yep. And maybe, maybe it'll turn into something more, but uh, definitely not planning on that. Mm-hmm. There's about- something nice about that though. Like, you know, you too many things I do end up like I have to support it for years down the line and they all kind of pile up. It's nice just having a clean end to something. <laughs> clean is the goal. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if that actually happens. Right. Uh, what about you? What's going on with you? Uh, yeah, a few different things. Um, I, I've been talking each week. I get a little bit closer to this redesign that we're doing at Less Annoying CRM being ready for the general public. So the the advance this week is we're putting a lot of content together right now to just communicate to our customers like what's going on. I'm really nervous that even though I think the redesign is a huge improvement, our customers don't like change. So it's going to be a very delicate process of <laughs> communicating and gradually rolling it out and stuff like that. Um, so that's kind of one thing. Uh, Shelly, my girlfriend slash fiance is leaving town for two weeks, which means I'm uh, hoping to like really put my head down and just get a ton of work done. It sounds like you're saying it's a good thing that Shelly's going out of town. Yeah. If someone could just send this to her. No. (laughs) Uh, I mean, from a work standpoint, absolutely it is. Right. Having a social life is terrible for work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's a distraction. Uh, Yeah. A good wife is is a bad distraction. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Sable and Shelly cannot listen to this uh, <laughs> podcast then. <laughs> um, cool. And then the other, the other thing, I mean, this isn't my accomplishment, but y- you did most of this, but we, we now officially have a name for this podcast and a website. So prior to this, if anyone listens to like earlier versions of this, we called ourselves sustainable startups. Um, 
now we decided startup to last is our name. So hopefully years from now, that still is true. And I think like we've actually had, this is actually the third name. The first name was sustainable software. Yeah. And then it was yeah. sustainable startups and now it's startup to last. Yeah. I think it's a good, whether we end up using this or not, I think it's a good like anecdote about how we could have just sat around endlessly debating names and like, A, I think it was a good move to just pick one, even though it, we ended up not sticking with it because we're, this is our fifth maybe episode or something like that. We, we could have just not been doing anything, which would have sucked. And B, um, like startup to last probably isn't the perfect name either. And probably it just doesn't matter at all. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty happy with the, the speed with which we've done this. Uh, yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> I, I'm not going to ask you if we should go back and record over the intros. I'm, I already know your answer to that. <laughs> speed. No. <laughs> um, uh, well, on the, going back to your new design, or do you feel, mm -hmm. do you feel like you've got the communication ready uh, or is it, is it still, does it still need to be tested before you do a mass, a mass communication? Um, it probably needs another round of testing. So what we did is we, we did pretty in-depth like video chat interviews with customers where we let them see the new design and then a, a couple things. One, we got their feedback on it, you know, what should change about it. But secondly, we learned what are the things that concern them and what can we say before the call such that their initial reaction is not negative. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I learned a pretty good amount from that. Now I haven't actually, I've, I've gone and created content with that. I haven't tested that it accomplishes the goal. So I probably need to do a little bit of that. That's a good idea. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, tell us, um, am I introducing the deep dive today? Uh, sure, go for it. Or do you do that? <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. I'm happy to. Um, Unless, unless you want to, I'll do it. We're, we're need, really need, good podcasters. Yes, I'll I'll take it today. So okay, go for so it. So every every uh, podcast we go through this, you know, similar format. We do the intro, we do um, quick little updates, uh, and then we do a deep dive. And today's deep dive is about remote versus co-location, which is better. And I I personally get this all of the time. I've heard of four core models. Uh, that people talk about one is single site, which means everyone together, hundred percent co-location, meaning everyone works in the same office environment. Second is multi-site where you have multiple locations with everyone working within the office. Um, and then third is satellite workers where most of the team is together but a few people are remote. In other words, it's more of a hybrid model. And then a complete other end of the spectrum is remote first, meaning everyone works from a separate location uh, by, de by default and then comes together when necessary to, to meet in person. Mm -hmm. is that, does that cover the gamut of options in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I, it's kind of a sliding scale. So everything in between those, I think, is fair game. But yeah, more and more, I think people are, you know, work at a company with lots of people, but they they work remotely or they work in co-working spaces or whatever. And so uh, the world is trying to figure out what what makes sense for, for which companies here. Yeah. Yeah. So I, in my most recent consulting project, I'm working remotely. And so it's the first time I've actually worked remotely for a company before. So that was an interesting experience. Mm. Um, I'm interested, though, in what 
uh, and what your experience is with this and where, I mean, do you feel like there's a right way to do this? I mean, a hundred percent. No, there's not a one size fits all right solution. Um, I do think that like, I, I see a lot of arguments in favor of remote, but I don't actually, uh, my experience is that in practice, Doing remote has a lot of challenges that I think get glossed over when people talk about it. So I think there's there's pros and cons to both. Philosophically, I, I want remote to be the answer, but in practice, I haven't seen that that be true so far. So um, before we go into pros and cons, tell me why you think why you want remote to be the future. Yeah, so the people who are advocates for it um, and... Uh, just to, to name a few who really advocate for this, you know, Basecamp is remote first, um, Todoist is remote first. If you follow those founders on, on Twitter or anything, they talk about this a lot. I buy the argument that talent is global, like it's spread out all over the place and your company should be trying to hire the best people possible. And if you limit yourself to a specific location, you're limiting the, the talent pool. That's one argument that really resonates with me. And then the other one is like, we are all adults and I don't know, there's something that seems almost like industrial age, like assembly line about everyone has to commute to the same place and sit in desks next to each other in order to get work done. Like the internet is a thing. It doesn't seem like we should need to be next to each other. So that's kind of why so, I feel like so, it should so, work. So, uh, two is, so, so one is, um, it allows you to attract a better breadth of talent um, from different locations, more diversity, mm-hmm. um, and, and potentially, you know, people that you would never even think of hiring in a co-located place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second is, it sounds I don't really understand what what you're. What, I understand that you don't like the industrial <laughs> kind of yeah. ma- manufacturing eight nine to five feel of an office, but what is it that you, you would replace it with? Well, the, the idea, I, I like the idea of if you get your work done, it's not it, it, like as the boss, it's not my business how it happens. Like, uh, I feel like too many historically employers felt like they sort of owned their employees. I mean, really historically, they actually did. And that was obviously terrible. But like, we maybe haven't broken out of that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we haven't broken out of that fully. We're still, I think, plutocrats exert way too much control over the people who work for them. What's a, plut- and wait, wait, what's a plutocrat? Like like rich people who who run the world, basically. Oh. Are you a plutocrat? Too, uh, I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, so, sorry. Keep going. Basically, like, like what you and I are doing right now, you're in Utah, I'm in Missouri. Like, this is fine. We're both adults. We're getting this thing done. Uh, should I have to fly to you every week in order to record a podcast? Of course not. Why do why, why does everyone have to drive to the same office to to get work done? Well, there's a lot of benefits that we'll go through yeah. uh, later. But but I, what I'm trying to get to is what is it that you gain from work? Like I feel like there's some mm-hmm. there's something that you must gain as an employee. Yeah, I think it's autonomy. Okay, all right. You get to decide where you live. You get to decide, you know, do I want a standing desk? What kind of chair do I want? You just have total control over your flexibility. Employee flexibility. Got it. Yeah, Yeah, it's the ultimate flexibility. Work, get the job done. Work when you need to. Now, I don't think that always applies. Some roles you just certainly you you need to be available, whether you're remote or Mm co-located at any at a certain time, right? Yeah, there's time flexibility, but that's that's maybe orthogonal to environment flexibility. Dude, you're killing me with these words. What's orthogonal? 
perpendicular. It's like a an unrelated thing. <laughs> you keep making me look stupid on this thing. <laughs> Come on, Rick. You got to listen to more podcasts. Is it, is it like, I'm getting it wait, from there. Is it perpendicular or is it parallel? Uh, perpen- or- orthogonal is almost a synonym for perpendicular okay. in, in like math. So they cross I over think. each other. Yeah, it's just saying they're pointing in different directions. Like these are two points. Uh, your your time flexibility is almost completely independent of your location flexibility. So support needs to be on at a certain time. They don't necessarily need to be in the office to do their location job, flexibility is really what you're arguing for here. Yeah, I like it. But there's also a, a method, sort of a work environment uh, flexibility too that is different. Mm-hmm. Which gets into the desk and stuff. Okay, I get it. So we want to wait. Like, so what's stopping us, in your opinion, from getting to where everyone's working remote? Yeah. Well, I have a. So I mean, my company is not remote for the most part. We have we have kind of a little hybrid model, but mostly not remote. So obviously, despite my philosophical agreement with it, I think there are some real practical problems. Um, we so I can just rattle off a few. Uh, one is it's very very lonely to work remotely if that means you're working from home or something like that. Remote can mean go into a co working space and be around people, but those aren't the people you're working with. So even still, I, I think there's still an opportunity for loneliness there. I don't know if you've ever done that type of thing. I am a little bit different in this regard. I actually like to be by myself, which mm-hmm. I so I actually I can't relate to this. Um, in fact, like going like when I see people working at Starbucks or at a coffee shop, and they're just like hammering away <laughs> on a keyboard, super focused with headphones on, I'm going, I don't get it. <laughs> it's the last place I would try to get work done. Hundred percent agree. So I, I, I did five years fully remote from my apartment, no coworkers at all. I loved it. Yeah. But most people don't. Yeah. So that's like, that's my experience with, you know, even at, at my, at my last company, people keep, um, we had a very flexible work from home when you need to, uh, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I took advantage of that, especially early in the morning, you know, until about 10 AM where I could just get a ton of work done, um, without being interrupted. And, uh, so I, I mean, I, I loved it and I loved the most recent project. I'm doing a lot of work from home right now. And um, mm-hmm. I love the ability to, I don't, I don't suffer from this loneliness thing that you're talking right. about. But, but people do. And one of the big challenges, I, I think we should talk about this later, but it's very hard to have a culture that's both remote and I guess co-located is the word for like everyone being in the same office. Um, it's, it's hard to, it's easy to do one or the other. It's hard to have a hybrid. And so I hear what you're saying, but if everyone's not like you, someone on the team may be feeling that loneliness, which is an issue. Um, so that's one issue. Another, uh, big one I have is I don't think that remote work is, uh, a very good fit for entry level hires or any situation where you need mentorship. Um, if someone is a competent adult, competence, the wrong word that's insulting towards entry level people, but like if someone knows how to do their job already and it's just like, here's the work, go do it. I think remote work is great for someone, either they're coming out of school, they're doing a career change, they're trying to learn new skills. I feel like being near your mentor is just essential. Um, and also, like, not everyone knows how to do remote work. And it's it's just really throwing them into the deep end to say, you have to learn this new skill all by yourself, total isolation. And my company's very, very built around mentorship. We only hire entry-level people and build them up. Yeah, that's, I totally agree. Like, when you have to teach someone how to be a professional worker... Mm-hmm. Um, after they, whether they've been out of college for a while and had different non-professional 
I'm using the professional word to mean uh, a job that has certain expectations of it just by nature of being in the office, how to use email, phone etiquette, you know, meeting etiquette, basic principles of working in a, in a, a knowledge worker job. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, those are really, I don't like hiring entry level people for that reason. It's really <laughs> frustrating for me to have to teach. Um, it's kind of like teaching grammar, honestly. Uh, mm-hmm. and so it's, um, yeah, so I agree with that. Uh, so, so yeah, entry, le- you, it would, it would prevent you from hiring entry level people, um, and scaling them, um, like you have. Yeah. Most of the remote companies I, I follow, I mentioned Basecamp and Todoist, they, I, I know Basecamp says this, I think that both of them do that. They only hire people who are already at least somewhat experienced. And in most cases they want to hire someone who's already worked remotely before, like, because it's kind of hard if you've never done it, it's hard to know. Is are you even going to be able to? Yep. Yep. What um, else? So loneliness um, uh, is one one downside. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ability to make entry level talent work is another. It, the inability to make entry level mm-hmm. talent work is another one. What's another one? So I, I think I've got two more. Feel if if you've got one you want to throw in there, feel free to interject. <laughs> um, but. My next one would probably be, this is related to loneliness, but culture. Um, so when we switched, we started out, Lesson Wing Serum was fully remote to begin with. Not not because we planned it that way, but my brother, who's my co-founder, was in Boston. I was in San Francisco. That like That's remote. And then when we started hiring people, we didn't have an office, so they were remote. Uh, eventually, just the, the team said they wanted an office. Um, which I, I found shocking. I was like, this is this amazing benefit. You can work from wherever. And uh, some people like it, but a lot of people wanted an office just so, it, you know, your coworkers, especially as you get older, they end up being your friends in many cases. Um, and it's harder to, to do that, like if, if everyone's in different places. So are you, so the, the this third one is, it kind of feels like another loneliness type thing. It's It's like loneliness, but I guess, Loneliness is more personal. I guess to, I should phrase this as it's from the company standpoint of the company needs a culture and it's much easier to maintain certain types of cultures in person. Um, Got it. So in, in other words, in, in, in person interactions are what helps develop culture. And you missed out on that with, re- with remote. Although I, I would say that uh, remote working remote, if you have a, a, a sequence of getting together in person mm-hmm. to supplement that you could probably make that work. Yeah. Um, companies, I don't want to suggest that companies that are remote don't have culture. I think it's just a lot more challenging to uh, like human civilization for centuries has been based on in-person interactions. And we're, I don't think we fully understand how to create certain types of cultures without face-to-face interaction. Yeah, and it may it may not be possible. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, there's a lot of communication that happens that we don't <laughs> understand uh, yeah. just based on uh, body language and tone and and all that sort of things. Who knows what's being missed out on when you're not in person? All right. I can all I can see right now is your face. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, what your posture you're more is. zoomed out. I can see your posture. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this is great radio us talking about how we look Uh, yeah yeah, absolutely though and and i know companies that do fully remote they they have a lot of you know at least annual i I was just listening to i guess buffer does annual in-person meetups some companies do quarterly there's things you can do zoom meetings they do like coffee 
breaks over Slack where everyone will have coffee at the same time and just, I don't know if it's text chat or video chat. There's things you can do, but it's not a replacement. Like today, 24 people at my company sat down and ate lunch together. Every Thursday we do this. It's just, you can't replace that online. Yeah. Breaking bread is, Mm -hmm. it's powerful. Yeah. How how about, I've got one more, but how about you? What are, what are your pros and cons here? So cons against remote. I mean, for me, it all comes down to there's so much community, it's communication. So one of the hardest things in any team, whether you're in the office, what I struggled with when I was, I had most people in the office most of the time with a pretty flexible work from home was even with, if everyone's in the office, communication is so hard and Mm -hmm. it helps so much when people are rubbing shoulders, talking at the water cooler and talking about priorities at the company and clarify them, helping to clarify them across the organization. If you know, and that stuff, I it's I think very difficult. We we found very difficult to replace um, when uh, we had remote employees that were full time remote, mm-hmm. and we tried all kinds of things to like. We had video chat. We had video hangout going all the time in certain parts of the room so that they felt like they were part of the team. But you just you, you just don't get that. Hey, passing someone. I mean, even in the this sounds weird, but even in the bathroom, you know, <laughs> heading to, you know, cross crossing paths in the bathroom and saying, Hey, did you hear that update? Or is that, is this what you got out of it? There's just so much clarification of what's, what is important at the company, what needs to get done, who's doing what, uh, yeah. you know, all these things that, that you miss out on, uh, when you're remote. Yeah. And so you've, when you and I talk outside of this podcast, one topic that comes up a lot is trust. Like the best professional relationships are built on trust and it's really hard to build that. An example of this, you might say to some someone you've never met in person, hey, can you do this? And then on Slack, they say, sure. Does are, are it, Were they like kind of upset that you asked them that? Who knows? But if if that happens between you and me, I think you know me well enough that if I was upset, I would say something to you and sure just meant sure there was no other implication there. Right? Yeah. And we've spent a lot of time together in person, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, and so um, I, I don't know that how to, I, I'm sure that people have figured out how to do this remotely. I, I certainly, that is my, the big scary thing for me about this. Mm-hmm. I've got my partner for group current um, is up in park city. I'm down in downtown salt Lake right now. I very much want to get to park city. So hopefully we'll be closer but we don't have an office and I actually like that because we're, we're virtual um, and it's obviously no overhead. And, but, but, you know, we try to meet in person, you know, at least once a week to continue to build our relationships. And we've actually, so, so for example, our Monday, we have a Monday planning meeting. It's really a planning meeting and get stuff done meeting. We have the first part of the meeting is let's plan the week out. And the second part of the meeting is, okay, what, what stuff that we just planned out needs both of us. Let's work on that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it's a pretty productive meeting, but when we're in, per- when we're doing this, when we were doing this early on in our relationship, there was definitely a lot more miscommunications. So we actually stopped doing remote meetings and, st- and came together until we built a sufficient amount of trust. Now we're coming back to those meetings and getting a lot more done. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that was just time or if there was an important in, you know, in-person element that we needed to create, you know, force mm-hmm. um, in order to develop that trust. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I, that mirrors somewhat like less annoying serum. Once again, my, my founder is my brother. We <laughs> have met in person before. Um, so it was really no problem at all. And then, yeah, as you start hiring 
the first person we hired was a good friend of mine who lived in the same city as me, so I could see him face to face. But yeah, eventually you start hiring more and more people who aren't like that. And that's when the moment hit us where it's like, okay, now we need to co-locate. So yeah, I think, I think that lines up with what you're saying. Yep. And, uh, and so I, I guess, um, man, I don't know the answer to this. I, I really like the idea of remote, but I, I just can't, I can't imagine doing only remote. And so for me, it it would really have to be a remote. I, I like the remote first term. It'd have to be, Hey, we're remote first, but we have some very important in-person stuff that is mandatory in mm-hmm. order to be re- to make remote first work. And I, and I don't know what the frequency of that is, but I know that when a new person comes to the team, that frequency would be much higher than yeah. someone who's been with the team for a longer period of time. I think it's very common with remote first companies to say, when you join the company, you're going to spend a week or a month in like, a location with at least one other person on your team. I also know there are uh, people who it's remote, but they want to hire people in clusters in the same city. So it might be, okay, there are people in five different cities, but each city has at least two people and they meet up once a week or something like that. There's there's different ways to to handle that, I think. Yeah. The, the thing that I... So I've done fully remote, very, very small. I think we we're fully remote at six people and then we co-located. Um, but I've done it. I don't. I don't think it was that bad. I think it's it's possible. You have to be really deliberate about it. The thing that I found surprisingly difficult is when we decided to co-locate. We grandfathered all the existing employees in, and we just had all new employees. So I was in San Francisco, moved to St. Louis, and said, "This is the office. All new employees need to be in St. Louis." But I'm not going to like. It, it seems pretty messed up to force everyone to move. It was shockingly difficult to have a hybrid approach because. To do remote well, culture has to be fully online. Every conversation has to be in Slack. Everything has to be online. And to get any benefit out of co-locating, the whole point is that stuff's happening offline. And balancing those two things was super difficult. And almost all the, well, now only one of the remote people is still with the company. And that's my brother. So I think that's the thing I just don't know how to. Is that because you you can't fire your brother or is that because, uh, (laughs) is that because he makes it work? Uh, It's a combination of things. One, his personality. He's the the other people needed more social activity. Um, Two, I have very good lines of communication with him. Um, And three, yeah, he makes it work. And he's uh, the only person in the company right now that, well, two people, I guess, have kids um, he, he's more like, I've got a family. I love the lifestyle that remote brings. And I'm okay if that means, oh, I'm not at all the company events and stuff like that. The other people who were remote, that wasn't the case. And they, they had other job opportunities. You know, one was in San Francisco. He had previously worked at Facebook. He was used to a very, very in involved culture. And he was like, I don't want to work remotely when I could go, you know, actually have lots of valuable social interactions with my coworkers every single night if I want to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, okay. So it comes down. So uh, that's interesting. We had this very similar. Is 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 your brother a individual contributor? Does he have any reports? Uh, right. That's great point. Um, he we just hired the first person that's kind of a report of his. Although we're kind of co managing that person. He's like the technical lead, and I'm more the the people manager. Um, so basically, no. He he is definitely an individual contributor. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I think that that works. Um, we, 
so I had a very similar problem with the hybrid approach because some people just aren't thoughtful of the remote employee in certain cases. One, one pet peeve I really had was walking into a company meeting and, you know, every company meeting, guess what needs to happen for remote <laughs> Video employees? chat. Video chat. It needs to be set up <laughs> on time. And, you know, people, if they got there early, just weren't like, wouldn't think of the remote mm-hmm. employee. And uh, some people are going to get offended that if they listen to this and I say this, but <laughs> it was so frustrating to, you know, people didn't share. I couldn't get people to share the importance of inclusion of people who are remote and, and going mm-hmm. out of the way for communication. It just communication was hard enough just with the people internally that asking them to getting them to go out of their way to, to support the remote people was just, um, it would just mind boggled them. <laughs> so uh, I have a potential, I'm interested whether or not this solution worked for you. You said you were pretty open to anyone, even if they came into the office, they could work remotely if they needed to. Um, we have something like this. We have basically one day a week and two weeks a year. Anybody can work remotely, but most of the time they're in the office. What that means is everybody has experience being the remote person in a meeting. Did that happen for you or did people just not work remotely enough for them to have that experience? Um, it was a subset. So some people, so that's a good question. Uh, we had no policy. We have un- we had unlimited PTO and people had full flexibility as long as they got it approved with their manager ahead of time. Well, I'm not talking about PTO though. I'm talking about working, but not from the office. Yeah. So what, I guess what, what I'm, my point there was that if, if so, oftentimes people would use the work from home around a vacation. So let's mm-hmm. say that they were, you know, they had a flight th- that evening, but they didn't want to, co- you know, they, they didn't want to come to the office and waste time and commute. They could work from home that day. So a lot of times the work from home wasn't, um, Hey, I just want to work from home today. It was, built around convenience for time off or a personal, you know, personal matter that needed to be attended to. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have any policies around how many days or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, I just, I, I don't know why people, um, it just, it wasn't easy. That's all I can say. It's like, but, but a lot of people were entry level. So mm-hmm. coming back to the entry level talent, there were several people who, you know, took advantage of this, were remote and and didn't you know understand the importance necessarily of what I like to talk about cascading communication. The communication from from the top or the bottom only you know works its way through the organization to the right people if people cascade communication. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that goes, I'm starting to say realize it comes all the way back to entry level people. And mo- one thing that most entry level people don't get is the importance of over communication. Um, both mm-hmm. upward, sideways, and down, and, and down. If you have people b- beneath you, and uh, I'm, that's, I realize now that that was the key element that was missing. Um, so I think that could maybe be generalized to say, like, this is culture. It's not normally when you say culture, it's you know, do you shoot Nerf guns at each other and play ping pong? But uh, how how a company communicates is part of culture. If you're fully co-located you can be a little sloppy with it because everyone already knows how to do that. If you're going to go remote, either partial or fully remote, probably you have to be a lot more deliberate about this specific, like how does communication work here? And you need to say it out loud to people probably. Yeah. And we tried that. Um, and it, it, I think it comes from, for us, it, I think if, if we had, we had majority entry level people, meaning this is either the first job or second job out of college. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, they're, they're more worried about, 
you know, how to schedule a meeting, all the basics. Yeah. Right. And they're not right. like this whole, like how important communication is, is, is somewhat lost. Um, but you know, I'm looking back in the more experienced people were like, they were the ones who went out of their way to get the, uh, the remote people involved. And, uh, they were thoughtful of that. So I'm, I'm, I really, I'm, I'm really coming back to your entry level. I don't think that, that, yeah, I don't think there's, if you want to have entry level people, virtual workforce does not work. Yeah. Oh. If it does, I, I have yet to see it. I, I think like 10 years from now, someone will have figured this out, but it's notable that all the famously, like the bootstrap software companies that are remote and stuff like that, that none of them tends to hire much entry level. That's not a coincidence. Yeah. Well, how do you decide? Um, I guess this comes down to, it seems like I, I kind of want to, maybe we can move to takeaways. Or, yeah, sure. well, so that's one of them. Okay. So yeah, if we're if we're saying what have what have we learned from this conversation? Part yeah. of it's like nothing in the sense that this is hard, and I, I don't know. But a big one is certain aspects of culture need to be that they, they would have happened automatically. But if it's remote, you need to be much much more deliberate about it. A second one is it matters who you're trying to hire, and a culture that relies on mentorship, which normally means entry level hires, is going to be a lot harder to pull off remotely. My attitude is still. Fully remote is easier than partially remote. Um, I don't know. You have anything else? Uh, I, w- I have. I kind of want to unpack something. Uh, th- so w- what I was originally thinking when I was about to say my takeaway was most people, um, I, I, w- I go to the takeaway is make sure you're clear on what types of people you need to operate your business before you mm-hmm. decide to you know, be, be remote first or single site or somewhere in between. Yeah. And, but then I'm going, well, what if your business is built around remote first? Like, I guess does the, does the business drive the talent in this case, or mm-hmm. is there, a, is there a d- decision that can be made by a business upfront that says, listen, one constraint I'm going to place on my business is, is we're going to be remote first and um, we're going to figure out how to operate this business that way. I, I mean, it feels like you could go either way. Yeah. And, and one, I, I think one it is, could go either way. Yeah. One yeah. is like a very early on, Hey, we're not going to do any business that won't work with remote, which means we got to hire experienced people. Um, we got to, you know, we, we got to be in a, um, you know, a, a business that, uh, you know, we got to, we got to have, um, you know, p- strategy around uh, c- clustering and t- to solve the loneliness issue, um, and and we're that constrains what business opportunities we can go after. I go the other way though. It's like I I feel like that this is not the right reason to start a business is because you like being remote. And the the right way to do this is what problem do I want to solve? Yeah, you run into this with other things too. So like my big thing that I mention in every single episode is bootstrapping. This is one where it could go either way. You could say, this is the problem I want to solve. Is this one that should be bootstrapped or should I raise money? But I went the other way. It's most important to me that I don't have any investors. And so I only considered business models that would fit that. To me, being remote is not that level of important, but to some people it might be. Is it for entrepreneurs? I would say if that you, if, if you if, if if you being by yourself at home is of importance to you when you start your business <laughs> and you want to grow it to multiple people, I don't really it doesn't add up to me. It shouldn't. I I agree. Probably 
if you're doing that at that point, it's more of a lifestyle business, which is fine. I don't mean that pejoratively, but the only reason this should matter is if you care more about your lifestyle than anything else. What are the, the what are the base camp and the expensifiers and the people that you followed say about this issue? Was it an uh, early decision or was driven by lifestyle or was it a I'm not sure I've heard anyone frame it like does the bus- did you derive this from the business needs or did you derive the business needs from the desire to be remote? I the impression I get is everyone rationalized it after the fact. Like I don't think anyone planned it necessarily. I don't know. I, I can say like lesson learning serum is a what you said is very interesting because I can see this playing out with what we did because when we started, I thought we were going to be hiring experienced people, a small team of really good people. Um, I had no interest at the time of hiring people. For example, almost all of our dev team didn't know how to code. We taught them how to code. That is not something I ever thought we would be doing. But one of the things that happened is the business, to be honest, CRM software doesn't demand really technical, like senior engineers. You don't need the, someone who solved incredibly difficult scaling challenges at Facebook to build a CRM. It's just not a requirement. And so what we learned, we started hiring those people and they, for various reasons, weren't a fit and entry-level people very much are. So yeah, I, I think exactly what you're saying is what happened. We didn't plan it this way, but the business needs demanded entry-level people. And that's probably why we started, we switched away from a remote model. Yeah. I mean, it feels to me like like that's probably the the business needs are what is going to drive things. Otherwise you end up shutting the business down. So uh, yeah. if you don't, if you aren't comfortable operating a business, the way it needs to be operated to succeed, you pivot. But you can intentionally say, I'm going to start a company that, that fits a remote model. Like I could have done that if I, if we'd had this conversation 10 years ago, I could have made that. I am very interested in someone who has finding someone who has decided that for that reason. Yeah. Supporting the remote model and being remote first are two different things, by the way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, so how about you? You are at a point, you previously were the CEO of a mostly co-located, but not entirely bigger company than Less Annoying CRM is. Now you're starting up various new things and presumably at some point you will again have employees and whatever. How are you going to view the remote question when the time comes? I So for me... I see the biggest pro I see about remote work is being able to get stuff done uninterrupted when you want to get stuff done. Um, And the second is the talent piece, being able to acquire the best people. Like Mm -hmm. if I could work with you again at some point in time, I would not let co-location get in the way of that. Mm-hmm. That's just stupid to me. Like, <laughs> like, but, but we have a lot of trust. And yeah, that sort how of many thing. people have you already worked together for years with though? Like th- there's a small set of people. Sure, like sure. That. Yeah. But there's people out there who are so worth the ability to hire and work with that co-location simply shouldn't get in the way of that, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, but I can't imagine um, not having a pretty solid uh, come together strategy Um uh, once you get to a certain number of people, uh, where there is regular weekly for the most part uh, for 99% of people, uh, coming together in person, I can't imagine. Weekly. So, so remote, but not distributed sort of like you work from home, but you're in the same city as everyone else or you're flying them every uh, week. Yeah. That's where I'm getting to. Like, I don't know <laughs> yeah. what the frequency is, but it's, it gets really hard. And I, I don't know the answer. Maybe it's two weeks, 
but uh, you I, save some money not having an office, but not enough. Even a, w- once a quarter big company retreat, I don't think you can afford with the savings for an office. Yeah, I don't have an answer here. I I I don't have for me being able to have flexibility with work and is is, is important. I want people to be able to get the job done and not be feel like policies around when you're in the office in mm-hmm. person getting in the way of that, right? So I'm very much a flexible like outcome based like hey, get the job done. Um and so that would like remote would never be a reason to start something for me, but I would right. I definitely want to build a company that you know, enables people to be measured on getting a job done based on, you know, not hours worked, but what was delivered. Um, and I think that that, re- I, I don't think that that works on a fully remote basis. Um, I just, yeah. I, man, that would scare me. It, it can, but it doesn't for every business. And I, so hopefully this is my last, I, I know we keep like almost wrapping this up, but yep. last point here for me anyway what you just said made me think of something that I hadn't considered. When we started Less Annoying CRM, the goal was build software or something, you know, n- nothing too grandiose. Um, we've realized recently when we moved from San Francisco to St. Louis, St. Louis really embraced us. It's my hometown also, but like we have started feeling a certain responsibility to the community. Um, and that's another thing that's really hard. It's hard to lay down roots in a city if if your employees are remote. You're, and you're, I really value you're hitting that. Um, the thing that I'm trying to express. When you say culture, it doesn't resonate with me. But when you say community, mm-hmm. it does. And communities, I think that's the scary thing for remote with me is how do you build a community of employees that is part of a larger community of of whatever um, trying to get stuff done, uh, you know, that matters. And, uh, and sharing in that. And, uh, that's like the, that solves a loneliness problem. It's, 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 a it's a, it's a big part of why, you know, work is matters to people. Um, and so I, I, so community is, I think you have to have that to be a successful company, whether you're remote or not, how you create camp disagrees. They have community. They have one of the most notorious, like annoyingly (laughs) brash communities you know, in the last 10 years of their customers. Sure. But they, they no, go I'm on talking, and on about I'm talking about them, but they say, if you listen to their founders interviewed or anything like that, they say, you know, it's none of our business who you are, where you are, we're professionals. We work together and then you go have your friends They're They would not say they're trying to build a community among their employees. I'm pretty sure they are the most like opinionated and uh, like they've written books about how they think work should do that are very contrarian. And mm-hmm. that is the basis for a community. And only certain people are allowed to work with them. And maybe their community is around what you just said. Hey, we stop, um, we, you know, we stop work and we go hang out with our families and we don't do more of that. that. There's a community there that's forming around that belief. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, I would use the word culture. You'd use the word community, but okay. I Absolutely. hear what you're saying. Absolutely. Community. Uh, culture, yeah. That's <laughs> a scary word. Um, uh, all right. Well, we can unpack that some other time, I guess. <laughs> okay. So a couple of uh, takeaways. One is um, cons of of remote are loneliness for employees. What was the second one? Uh, there's there's loneliness. There's the entry-level Entry-level issue. Yep. Can't hire entry-level people. Harder to build 
culture or community, or community, <laughs> which is a critical um, mm-hmm. to address the a lot of you know getting stuff done. Communication yeah. is yeah. extremely hard uh, on a remote basis, um, and then uh, you know the other part is when you're coming together in, in person regularly in a co-location. It's there's something that happens with communication that is hard to replicate virtually. Um, all right. And, uh, so it really depends on, there are two ways you might decide how, whether to be remote or not. One might be a, a constraint on which business to start. Hey, remote's important to me. I don't want to go to an office when I'm, when I'm going to start my business, I'm going to make sure I pick a business model and a problem that supports, um, the remote style. And the second is, Hey, you've started a business and the people you need to go get, uh, in order to operate the business, require a remote workforce, then you got to go do remote. Yep. I think that, uh, that nailed it. Cool. Cool. All right. So, uh, great talk. Um, we finally now have a website to give for show notes. Show notes are at startuptolast.com, uh, or they will be. So yeah, thanks for listening. Bye.